yourself say he's good to me point to your neighbor he's good to you all right you may be seated thank you worship team hallelujah glory god is good he's so good he's so good he's so good so good hallelujah hallelujah well, hopefully, uh, you guys all got something out of the ministers that came. Man, I, don't, I know Sonia and I did, and, and we're, we're changed. Like they said, never the same. After those meetings, never the same. After Dr. Pat came, never the same. How about this? After listening to Pastor Jackie, I've never been the same. I've been changed forever. Amen. Uh, so I get to follow up Dr. Pat Harrison, yeah. our pastor, Pastor Jackie, and Reverend Joel. Amen. And on the day where there's all that delicious food we can smell. Uh, so <laughs> I can smell it. It smells good. But uh, excited to spend time together after service, but uh, over meals. But how, how many know we're going to feast on the word today? Amen. And we're going to sit at the Lord's table and... and uh, and enjoy some, some word today. Amen. Um, so pastor did ask me, but uh, part of our training is always be ready. Amen. So she has put so much word in us. Yeah. She has the right. She has the right Amen. to say, I need you. Yeah. Uh-huh. True. Because we didn't come. We didn't ask. At least she asked. We didn't ask her to pour the word into us. God, God asked her to do it, Amen. and she obeyed, yeah. and just stuck with it all these years, yeah. and, and here we are receiving still, Amen. and growing still, yeah. prospering Amen. still, Amen. so uh, at least she's nice enough to ask, but we never asked her, we just show up, <laughs> we're hungry, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, you know, <laughs> and uh, we, eat, we eat good here, man, yeah. out, out there too, yes, we will eat good, but I'm talking about over the word. That's right. Um, Amen. Hallelujah. So you guys are going to get a little bit of the, uh, and, and I hope you guys didn't come to hear Brother Lonnie today. Uh, I hope you came expecting to hear God. Amen. Um, Amen. Come on. Uh, I believe there's answers. I believe there's help. Uh, I do have a message prepared, but I want what he wants. Amen. Uh, and I hope you guys are hungry for the same. Uh, and pull, help pull these things out of me. I've done my part and prepared. God's done his part. He's here in our midst. Uh, and, and bring the, we have a part as the congregation to pull, pull, pull. And you're not pulling on Lonnie Brown's flesh. Cause like pastor said, I've had about 20, a 20 minute nap. And, uh, and, and so 
My flesh might be tired, but that don't matter. Right. Amen. Amen. The fle- what did we learn? The flesh, the flesh should have the least say yeah. in the yeah. matter. Amen. So Amen. the flesh says, no, sleep more. Shut up. My pastor needs me. You know, That's right. Come on. God, God needs me. You know, yeah. uh, God needs us more than Amen. more than our pastor needs us. God needs us. Yeah. Uh, he needs Amen. us to be a supply yeah. to her uh, to get this yeah. vision uh, brought to pass, to to, to fulfill to fulfill what he has for us. Yeah. Um, so I've got a message, and honestly, I'm surprised at it. I'm I am I'm impressed by it because uh, we've been going to the, you know you're getting a little bit of leftovers from the Road to Success Youth Group. Um, so welcome to class today. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, we've been we've been spending some time in there uh, over the Word, and yesterday. After we got done, I mean, there's four of us, and after we got done, I had to spend about 30, 40 minutes taking notes on what I said, because I didn't plan on saying any of it, or I planned on saying some of it, but much of it, I never saw that, and it was, revelation was coming out. So if, if two people sitting in front of Shawnee and I can pull out so much, what can we do here today? Um, so I do have a title for my message. Uh, it is, if you want to write it down, you can, otherwise... It's fine. Uh, the Garden of Fellowship and Provision. And I didn't come up with that. <laughs> so, and I didn't, I didn't even see it until after, afterwards when, we, when I was taking notes, on my own notes yesterday. Uh, and not, it's not from me, it's, it's from God. Um, so, The Garden of Fellowship and Provision. And, and it's really talking about more than one garden. It's talking about actually three different gardens is where it comes from. But we know this, that the Garden of Eden, as our pastor has taught us, not the original Garden of Eden, but that was taken from us by Adam when he sold us out. And, and it has been restored to us in our own hearts through Jesus. Amen. And pastor has taught us that, that, that the Garden of where is the Garden of Eden? It's in here. Amen. We've been restored to fellowship with God in here. Uh, Amen. To, you know, um, so there was the first Adam, and that, that was the man, Adam, who sold us out. But there's another Adam. Yeah. Jesus was all, often called the second Adam. Yeah, right. And uh, the second Adam bought us back. Yes. And, and I never saw this parallel. You know, the Old Testament's full of types and shadows. Right before the second Adam bought us back, he was in the garden. And he was fellowshipping with his father. Yeah. Um, and, and I saw this parallel, and I'll uh, endeavor to get, get all I can out of my heart for it. So something in the Word, Reverend Joel said something that I had been trying to get out to the, to the Road to Success youth group. He said, Paul uses different types of language. And he said some of the language he uses is slave terminology. Some of the language he uses uh, was, is financial terminology. And he said some of the phrases he uses is legal terminology. And I'd been trying to endeavor to get that, simplify that phrase, legal terminology. You know, in my line of work, legal terminology is, is everything. You know, um, and uh, I was endeavoring to get this across to, to the Road to Success youth group. And uh, I called it legal jargon. If you understand what I mean, if any of you have ever signed a contract or read a contract, yeah. oh. it's dry. It's yeah. it's kind of just 
this and this and this and this and yeah. this person does this and if yeah. this person does this then this company will do this and and both parties will bold their end and I mean when we went to sign the contract for our house the, the book was about this thick yeah. I didn't I didn't read any of it they said sign here sign here sign here I just okay 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 let's get over with it I want my keys um, but I didn't spend time reading all that because I didn't need to somebody else wrote it all up somebody who knows what they're writing knows what they're saying um, but if, even if I just write a bill of sale, because in Nebraska, you can write a bill of sale for valuable property like a car. And I would say, I, Lonnie, am, am selling my uh, van to so-and-so. Why do you have to say it that way? Because it's, once that document is signed, it's legal and binding. Yes, amen. And, and it, can be, it can actually be considered legal tender like a check. Um, so... Uh, so Paul uses some legal jargon. We're going to go to a couple examples of where he, set, where he uses these. Um, and just, just follow me with it. Uh, believe God with me and we'll get it, we'll get it all. Amen. We'll get it all for us today. Um, hallelujah. Let's go to, and so I also call it, uh, so legal jargon, legal terminology, covenant talk or covenant language. Now you might say, every time Lonnie gets up there, he's talking about covenants. What's, what's the deal? Uh, I went to some meetings and it marked me and I can't get away from it. So uh, when I see, when I hear the word, I hear it through the ears of covenant. When I see myself in him, I see myself in covenant with him. Uh, so, uh, and, and really the Bible is called the old and new Testament, but really it's the old and new covenant. And we are in, which one are we in? The new covenant, yes, glory to God, which is not as good. No, it's better. It's better. It's far better. Um, let's go real quick to Ephesians 4.1. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Let's, uh, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for being our great helper today, for helping us uh, in every area of our life, Father. Thank you. We receive answers today. We receive all that you have for us today, Father. We're here. We're hungry. We're tuned in. We're turned on. We're listening, Father, to what, what the Spirit would say to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, thank you. He's such a good helper. Ephesians 4. I may have that verse wrong, but... Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Nope, Colossians 4, sorry. So Colossians 4. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in, in Colossians, let's go to 4.18. Verse 18 says, and this is Paul writing, and he's ending his, his, word, his uh, letter with this. And I, Paul, add this final greeting, writing with my own hand. Remember, I'm still in prison and in chains. May grace, God's unmerited favor and blessing be with you. Um, it, the King James actually, I think, says it more the way I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. The salutation by the hand of, Paul, of me, Paul, Remember my bonds. What, what is he talking about? My bonds. My afflictions. Uh, Paul says in other places, 
remember, uh, remember I, I'm a servant, or he says, I'm a um, uh, bond servant of the Lord, or a prisoner in coupling chain. Uh, and, and yes, he wasn't a physical prisoner, uh, but he also, in, in Acts 20, it says, I go bound in the Spirit. So what's he say here? Remember my bonds, but in Acts 20, I go bound in the Spirit. Yes, so he, he goes bound uh, by his covenant, as Pastor said, his covenant with God. He's bound by the call of God in him. Uh, he actually says in Acts 20, he says, I go bound in the Spirit, uh, though I don't know what lies before me except bonds and afflictions. Um, but he goes anyway. Um, hallelujah. Let's go to real quick. Uh, Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians four one. I did have that one on there. Sorry, make you jump around. Hallelujah. Yeah, so Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. There's another legal term. I have in my cruiser, when I work, a prisoner compartment. where I, Not a trunk compartment. I don't put them in the trunk. I put them in the prisoner compartment. Um, so, um, so I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. And you see this picture of him in, in, in bonds of the Lord. So being, you could say being led by the Lord. When I take somebody into custody, I put the bonds on them and then I lead them away. So what is Paul saying? I'm the prisoner of the Lord. He's leading me. I'm following him. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, in the Amplified Classic says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord appeal to you and beg you to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to what you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons of God's service. So a summons, uh, it says here, the God's service has a summons to it. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Uh, you hear it in Pastor Jackie's voice. She can't quit. Yep. Yep. No. She, 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 what did she say often? I, I can't let him down. Yeah. I can't let him down. Right. How could you let him down? That's her heart. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Let, me, let me share something with you. I think this will help get us going more too along these lines. Something that I got in prayer, and it was for me. You judge it for yourself and apply it, you know, but just listen. Uh, I wrote this while I was in prayer. Uh, because of who's in me, what is in me does not belong to me. Because of who is in me, what's in me does not belong to me. That's covenant. That's covenant. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. Yeah. I'm pointing at my wife. You know, uh, because of who's in me, what's in me does not belong to me. I wrote that back in May. And then I got more on it. He, being God, who, whom all of us, if you're born again, you're in covenant with God through Jesus. He has a right to draw, pull, and dig out of me. A covenant right. Yeah. So we, th- we think we belong to ourselves. Uh-huh. 
uh, know ye not that you are the temple of the Lord? You are not your own. Uh, and then, and then, it, then it continues. This is just what I got in my my meditation and prayer time. There has been a sense that a price must be paid, a sacrifice of life, a consecration to the call. As Paul said in Philippians three twelve, and if I can remember the right way, he says it. I've not yet. Sorry. Excuse me. I thought I shut everything off. <laughs> I tried to make sure I had all, everything shut down, but I guess I didn't. Um, that doesn't mean we're done yet. Okay. Just getting started. So, uh, so there, there has been a sense that a price must be paid, a, a sacrifice of life, a consecration to the call. As Paul said in Philippians 3.12, I've not apprehended, brethren, that for which I've already been apprehended. So do you hear that? He's been apprehended. So I go and I take somebody into custody. So he has already been apprehended, but he hasn't yet apprehended all that was connected to him apprehended. We have not yet already fulfilled all that the plan of God has for our lives. I haven't accomplished it all yet. None of us have arrived, you know. So, I mean, Pastor Jackie at our leading us, if she says I haven't accomplished it all yet, then... Then none of us are saying, oh, yeah, I check that off my list. It's done. No, yeah. if, if our pastor, our leader, our example, uh, our, our example of Christ to us in this local body yeah. is still charging ahead. Yeah. What, is, what else does Paul say? I press toward the mark of the high call. Yeah. So, so he, he's pressing toward something. But what did he say he's pressing toward? The mark of the high call. So he heard the call. And then he pressed. Yes. So he also said, I'm, appre- I'm, I'm endeavoring to apprehend something that I've already been apprehended for. Yes. Yep. I'm chasing the call. I'm yes. going after it. Amen. Amen. So Paul says that in Ephesians, or Philippians 3.12, uh, I've not yet, brethren, I've not yet apprehended all that which I've been apprehended for. You hear this, a call for call, a covenant requirement for covenant requirement. I had been so, this is me talking to me, I had been so stupid, wasting time and yielding to the lower nature. That's true. That's good. No more. How clear the phrase now, don't try to make it happen, let it happen. To do so, I've got to get out of my own way and his. The example of that that came to me is our pastor when she talks about her healing testimony from cancer, and she says, receive my abundant grace and give me, by faith, and give me permission to heal you. He can bring it to pass if if we'll agree with him, if we'll cooperate with him. Receive my abundant grace. So, and it continues, I got, my my book is just scribbles all over. So, um, so, Father, so I, I wrote this, Father, I receive your abundant grace through faith with corresponding consecrative action, and I give you permission to take me there, to take us there, to the vision, the high places, the grandness of the vision is but a byproduct of the call. Wow. Wow. Good. Amen. Amen. That's good. 
So, <coughs> hallelujah. So, so, if you could start to recognize covenant talk, if I read to you a contract, you go, oh yeah, that's a contract for insurance or a car payment or something like that. But if, you're, if you start to hear the words in the Bible, because it is a legal book just as much as it is a history book, but it's inspired by God. Our, our laws come from this book. It's, it's amazing. That's why the United States is, uh, is what it is, because it's founded on the Word of God. You know, uh, let everything be established by two or more witnesses. You have to be able to stand before your accusers. Um, the fair, speedy trial, all of that comes. Uh, the right to remain silent. Who remained silent? Jesus. You know, the, the, our, 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 the way we operate and function comes from another realm, really. Um, and uh, so that's what I want you to grasp from that, that, that there is a legal or covenant language in the Bible. And if you learn to recognize that, you'll start to find yourself in it. Um, hallelujah. Um, so I've started to hear this. Uh, the, the price, a price must be paid. Um, and Pastor Jackie has also referenced this book twice recently. So I pulled it back out. Uh, she references a lot of books, so if, you can't, if you're trying to keep up like me. but uh, So she referenced this book twice, and I said, ah, she's talked about that book twice recently. I need to pull that back out. The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. And I'll, just, I'll read a part of this to you. And I was glad I pulled it back out, too, because um, it talks about this, the call for the call. Um, there's some other scriptures. Um, Whatever is in you will call out to the same. Yes. Deep. Uh, Rev, so that's so Psalm 42, verse 7. You can just write that one down. But it says deep. Part of that verse says deep calls unto deep. Yes. Revelation 7:11. <clears throat> just write that one down. But says it's where they're praising God, and it says they say blessing and glory and wisdom and honor and power and might unto Him. Well, how can you give glory and honor to God except that He's in you, and He has put His glory in us? Yes. Amen. So we can return that glory to him. Yes. So what is in us will call out to the same. Um, so this, is, this book is based off of a visitation from God that Pastor Nancy had where Jesus uh, visited her in Russia. Um, and I mean, read it for yourself. It, it's, it's powerful. Um, but I just want to read this part. And this is called The, the Visitation. So where she, she has an introduction leading up to this visitation. But then Jesus ministers some things to her. And this is what some of what he said to her, not the whole thing. The following is most of what Jesus said to me that night. To walk accurately in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Bring great consecration to the tongue and speech, not speaking lightly or inappropriately or with exaggeration. Only truth can be in your mouth. For God and his power only flow through truth. I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. You have the help you need for this task with, with the tongue through the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit will help you. Choose to have a guard set over your mouth, to have your tongue tamed by the power, help, and reliance upon the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> no man on his own can tame the tongue. It requires divine help of the Holy Spirit. Slowness to make changes, ideally with you about, is unacceptable. There must be prompt obedience. Remember that phrase, prompt obedience. We were just talking about Paul obeying the call, pursuing the summons. Uh, when I, if I don't arrest somebody and I give them a ticket, they are summoned to court. Or uh, Pastor Ken has been, I know it's not his favorite topic, he's been summoned to court. In this church, they showed up and served him papers and said, you must show up at court. If, if, if the natural realm has ways of making you show up to a court, what's going on in the heavenly realm? We know our pastor has taught us there is a courtroom in heaven. I'd say we're all being summoned. Uh, and if you don't answer that summons, there's consequences. Um, but if you answer that summons, there's blessing and freedom. So prompt obedience. Um, real quick, let's go to, I wasn't planning on going to this verse. 1 Corinthians 8.3 in the Amplified. Can you put it up there, brother? Awesome. Amplified, classic. Yes. Um, but if anyone loves God truly with affectionate reverence, prompt obedience. There's that phrase. So what has is, what is our pastor been ministering to us? Intimacy. Intimacy. Knowing him like a husband knows a wife. Like a father knows a son or, or a daughter or a mother knows her son or daughter. Uh, there's intimacy. That denotes intimacy. Um, you know, not, not always a romantic intimacy like a husband and wife. Uh, I was just telling somebody the other day, go back to the day when you realized you needed a Savior. Go back to when you first heard it and you accepted Him. They're in the midst of a storm right now. I said, go back to that time. Get alone. Uh, and, and they actually feel alone. I said, you know, take this time and, and go back. And, and fellowship in your mind and in your heart with that time. Picture it, where you were when you heard it. I know if, if you've received Jesus, you know when that time was. Yeah. And there was a wooing that happened. Just like when I started to date my wife, uh, we would start to talk, and then we'd want to spend time together. Uh, and then we grew closer together until the point where it became a, I, I love you. Uh, Jesus wooed you. Yeah. He put people in place. Yeah. Yeah. Decades before we even knew it, yeah. Yeah. Amen. He, he wooed us to him Amen. to love us, to romance us into this. That's what the picture of a husband and wife is, is Jesus and the church, Amen. the head and the body. And so I, I told somebody, I said, go back to that time and, and fellowship with that picture in your mind. Remember the, the clarity that you had, the lightness of heart, uh, the hope. The yes. hope that you felt when he entered in. Yeah. And if you're, if you're hearing my voice now, live stream or in the future, and you don't know what I'm talking about, you can have it. Yeah. You just have to accept Jesus in your heart. Amen. Say, please forgive me for living on my own uh, for sinful ways, and, and I receive you. I want what he's talking about. If you haven't experienced that yet, it's available to you. And you will not 
be uh, disappointed. <laughs> You'll not be disappointed. Um, so I was telling somebody, so what has Pastor been talking about? Intimacy, knowing him. This verse, when she said, talks about intimacy and, and the relationship between a husband and wife, understand the relationship between husband and wife is a covenant. Yes. Yeah. It's the marriage covenant. Yes. Um, now that we're on that topic. Uh, so there's more than one covenant. There's multiple covenants. We know that just in the Bible, the new and the old covenant. Uh, but in our lives, there are several covenants we have. Yes. I, I mentioned the uh, pastor teaches often our intimacy to the Lord. Yes. That is number one. Right. Yeah. Number two, uh, would you throw it back up the brother? Um, number two, affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, grateful recognition of his blessings. Uh, that intimacy like a husband and wife. Uh, or, yeah, a husband, so spouses. Um, that, that's another covenant. Yes. But let's continue on this verse. Amen. With affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, and grateful recognition of his blessings, he is known by God. What does pastor say? Know, you know him like you know a wife. Like uh, yes. uh, Mary said, I've not known a man. I've not been intimate, is what she's saying. Yes. I, I've not had intimacy with a man. How can I produce the next covenant, which is children. So grateful recognition of his blessing. He is known by God, recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love. Notice that word, so known, yeah. denotes intimacy. Right. That's a covenant word. Amen. Amen. Affection, that's a covenant word. Reverence is a, yes. obedience. You'll start to see these things come together. Uh, so when I read this, it's like, he, he, he's talking, this is covenant talk. Amen. Yes. Yes, it is. Amen. He is known by God. You can't be known by God without a covenant. That's right. Come on. Recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love. Thank you. Recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love. One of God's names is Jehovah Jireh. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. My, we know it as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But there's more to it than that. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, it paints this picture of, uh, I tell my kids, hey, Victoria, there's food in there. Go ahead and fix it yourself. What have I done? I have provided, yes. right? Yeah. But this, I, I didn't see it until yesterday. This paints a picture of the garden of Eden, but before the fall right. and after. We'll, we'll get there. Um, he is known. By God, so there's an intimacy. He is recognized as worthy. Uh, you know the world's phrase: "You better recognize," or something like before. You, you got to know who you're talking to. Basically, is some people don't know what I'm talking about. Some people know. Um, you got to. You got to. Uh, I got a picture of Will Smith doing that in uh, in one of the TV shows. But uh, he is known by God, recognized. So to recognize somebody, if I recognize you today, I go, oh, that's my brother. That's my sister. I recognize Isaiah. I recognize Luke, which means I look to you. I see you. I see Brother Mike. So if you're recognized, you're seen. Worthy, as worthy of his intimacy and love. There's that word intimacy. So known, intimacy, recognized. So it mean, to recognize, it means the God who sees me regards me. Amen. The God who sees me knows me as his own. 
So it paints this picture of not Victoria, so my daughter, go prepare your own food. I provided food. Why don't you, you're hungry. Why don't you go? Yeah. No. Amen. It's actually more the picture of, I know she's hungry. I'm going to go and prepare something for her. And then I'm going to bring it to her and have her enjoy it. Here you go. This is what you asked for. She said, Daddy, I want a sandwich. Okay, baby. Okay. I've, made, I've, I've brought the ingredients. Isn't that good enough? But isn't it, isn't it more for me to go and prepare it and bring it to her and say, here's exactly what you asked for, baby. Now, in, in the garden, in the garden, uh, let's go there real quick. Hopefully I can get, get, get this out. I, I, I believe I will. This is, uh, or, sorry, not, that's not the first book, Genesis. Genesis 3. We were looking at this yesterday in the youth group. Genesis 3 in my Bible is titled, The Fall of Man. So, we know this, that before Adam and Eve fell, it said that God came down and walked with them in the cool of the day. Fellowship. So, here we'll just start at verse 1. Uh, and I'll read the Amplified. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. We know this. They already were like God. He created them in His image and likeness. Knowing the difference between good and evil, they had no reason to know what evil was. They didn't need to know. That's why, so that's why, God had, that's why God hadn't shared it uh, with them yet. Because they didn't need to know it yet. There may have come a day, uh, and as Brother Copeland says, that that tree was a picture of the tithe. What does God do with the tithe? He spends it on us. I, and, and so if that tree was a picture of the tithe, there would have been a day where he said, come here, kids, sit down. Now it's time. For me to show you and to share this with you, um, that there wasn't revelation of who the devil was in the Old Testament. That's, that's why a lot of the times this is a little sidetrack. Uh, that's why a lot of the times in the Old Testament it says God did this because it's translated as causative, but it was actually passive, where God allowed this. They opened the door and He allowed this to happen because He was bound by His word. Um, you'll see that in the prophets. When the people honored God, God fulfilled his end. When the people dishonored God, they got the curses. Um, and like Reverend Joel, or, uh, yeah, Reverend Joel had said, God doesn't send anybody to hell. But there's no, he said, there's no other place for them to go. Um, 
So in the Old Testament, there was no revelation of who the devil was. One of those reasons was if they knew who he was, they would have followed him. That's it. They were already making their own gods. They thought they were making their own gods. They were actually worshiping the devil. They didn't know who he was. He was in disguise when they, when they made the golden images and things. He was disguising himself. And they didn't know. They sensed there's, a, oh, there's a higher power. We, we need to worship this, this higher power or ability. <clears throat> so in the Old Testament, they, there was no revelation of who the devil was. Adam and Eve, they may have known who he was, but they didn't need to know evil. There was no reason for them to need to know evil. They were in paradise. In paradise, you don't need to know evil. It didn't exist in the garden. <clears throat> All right, so off that bunny trail. And the woman said to the serpent, okay, we'll go down. Uh, for you, for God knows, this is Satan talking, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. Why did they need to know the difference? They didn't need to know the difference. And when the woman saw that the tree was good and subtle and pleasant for food and that it was delightful to look at and the tree was desired in order to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate and she gave some also to her husband and she ate. <clears throat> then the eyes of them both were opened and they, they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. This is the first time where man has ever tried to provide for himself. So what, did, what was our title? The Garden of Fellowship and Provision. So this is the first time where, where man ever... So here's what happened. Uh, well, let's keep reading. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, the eyes of them both were open. They sewed apron-like girdles. Uh, Brother Copeland calls it a fig leaf suit. Um, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the, in the cool of the day. Here's their reaction. So they've just sinned. They disobeyed. And it wasn't the sin that got them kicked out of the garden. It was the failure to repent. And he gives them, op he gives them opportunity. My kids, when they tell me the truth... They, they get restored to uh, peaceful, peaceful, right fellowship between. But when they start to spin the lie, but daddy, you, that's what Adam did. But, but father God, you gave me the woman. It, that's one of the last things. If my kids point their finger at me or their mother and say, it's our fault. You what? You, oh no, you didn't. So, so. She better recognize. You get it? So you got to recognize. So, um, and the woman saw the truth was good. Then the eyes of both were open. Okay, and here's, here's, God knows this happened. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Which, this used to be a happy time. Right, yeah. In the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord and from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said, so they hid themselves. And the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid. 
Know the verse, fear hath torment. There's this torment when you try to provide for yourself. We're not ordained to provide for ourselves. We are not called of God to work a job. I mean, you need to work. You need to be a provider for your family. It says if you don't, you're worse than an infidel. Uh, you know, but you are not, I'm not the provider of my household. Sonia understands that. My kids understand that. Because they're, they're going to have needs and desires that I alone cannot generate. Uh, if if they're desiring something that I cannot afford, yep. Yep. I don't tell them, oh, the, if it was based on me, sorry, kids, you'll never see that. Right. That's a lie of the enemy. Amen. Yeah. But I can start to teach them, talk to God about it, right. talk to God about it. He is their Lord and provider. You got to teach them that they have a Lord and a provider, just like they need to know they have a pastor. Um, uh, and they heard the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of day, and Adam said, they hid themselves. The Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I, I was afraid. Fear has entered in. And I was naked. So they attempted to provide for themselves, but they felt fear and lack. Lack, makes, lack has this torment this fear and torment of, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And that's the torment. Those are tormenting thoughts. You're not relying on him as the provider. And you don't want to know him just as the provider. Do my kids want to know me? Can I just drop the money off at home and go do what I want to do? No, they want to know me as daddy. My wife wants to know me as husband. That instead of just provider or, uh, you know, it, it, it would not, there, there's relationships like that and it's sad. And sometimes it's better off that way because there's more strife in the home than apart from the home. So the most you can do is at least I'm going to bring my part and supply some money, uh, which depending on the circumstances can be honorable. But uh, for my household, that would not, my wife wouldn't be very happy if all I did was drop off money and disappear. Um, So, so before, before they sinned, they, they had no fear, no lack. But now there's, now there's this fear which hath torment, and that torment brings those tormenting thoughts. How, you're naked, you need clothes, and go, go generate this, provide for yourself, provide for yourself. So now there's that lack, there's a need that they see that provides lack. So they, they walked in fellowship with God in the cool of the day. And that relationship was separated when they sinned. Now, covenant, this is, we're going to see as we keep reading, the very first shedding of blood mentioned in, in, the, in the Bible is, is a couple verses after this. The very first time God had to, he already was their provider. He already was their provider. So he already was their provider before they sinned. They had no needs. They didn't even know they were naked. They were clothed in glory. They were clothed in the presence. And just like, just like the first Adam, the first Adam sold out that glory, glorified body. The second Adam bought 
the glorified body for us. What we heard when Reverend Joel and Pastor Amy here, we haven't walked in it yet, and our loved ones that have moved on haven't walked in that glorified body yet. That glorified body will come in the second coming. He already was their provider. They actually, they actually didn't even know it because they didn't know what lack was. They didn't know they needed a provider. There was no need for a savior yet. And what, it, what was the savior? Innocent blood had to be shed. Anytime there's covenant and, and the covenant is severed, uh, a covenant agreement, a contract. Yeah. Sonia and I, when we moved here, moved back here from California, we broke our housing contract, yeah. right. and we had to pay a fee. Right. Yeah. Uh, anytime there's a severance um, of relationship, of covenant, True. a price must be paid. Yeah. And that price for covenant is the shedding of innocent blood, yep. which we know is Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was the innocent blood of animals. I was thinking about this, and it kind of made me laugh. Pastor Jackie wouldn't have made it in the Old Testament because she likes animals too much. Um, she, would have, she wouldn't have been able to sacrifice all those animals. Here, you, you go free. You go, you, you know. she'd, go back to, she'd go back to praying. She'd set this one free and go back to praying. And, you know, uh, she, she wouldn't have been able to do that to all the animals. Um, maybe, maybe insects, I don't know. Yeah, she would have been the one that sends the scapegoat out. That would have been her job. Um, but the, the shedding of innocent animal blood was a type and shadow of Jesus, and it was a temporary payment, like Reverend Joel said. Uh, who was it? That said, yeah, as Reverend Joel said, it was like a credit card payment. Hey, I'll pay this later. And it was all building up. When you, when you swipe a credit card, that just builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up. Uh, and then eventually the bill's going to come due. If you, sever, if you sever a contract, a financial contract, you could say this, they're going to come for blood because they're not going to come physically for your blood, but they're going to be out for blood with the lawyers. They're going to try to take everything you got. So, so blood must be shed to repair that. that uh, so there's a violation of relationship here. That, it, that intimacy we talked about has been severed. And now there's got to be a payment. Uh, and so we'll keep reading. Um, he said, I was afraid and naked. And he said, I told who, and he said, I was afraid and naked and I hid myself. And, and verse 11 says, God said, and he said, who told you you were naked? Yeah. Who told you, you in the seat right now, who told you you're not going to make it? Right. Who told you your money isn't enough? Who told you you're going to fail? Yep. Who told you you're dying? Uh, uh, you think about this in the boat. The, Lord, save us. Don't you care? Didn't God care? Why didn't he put a leaf, a leaf suit on them? He cared about them. Why didn't he cover them in leaves? He had covered them in glory. They just they sold that off. So in the, in the, you hear this blaming of God. And, and instead of accepting the blame... And in the boat, crossing, uh, crossing the sea or the lake, they said, Jesus, Jesus sleep. And, and there's a pleasantness and a peace about that right. in the midst of a storm. And they wake him up, Lord, Master, don't you care that we're drowning? Come on. We're perishing? 
You don't care. Here's Adam. You gave me her. They're pointing this finger at God. So you don't care that we're perishing. And he, it's almost like he said, who told you you were perishing? Who told them they were perishing? They were experienced fishermen. Who told you you're not good enough? Who told you? Who told you you can't drive that? Who told you you can't have your own home or a nicer home? Who told you you'll never find that spouse, the, the one that God has for you? Um, who told you? And so what the Lord God called to Adam and said, uh, here we go, verse 10, verse 11, who told you that you were naked? That tells you they're fellowshipping with the wrong thing. They left fellowship with the Father and are now fellowshipping with the wrong thing. And they weren't dancing around with the snake, fellowshipping physically with the snake. They were fellowshipping with the thoughts he suggested. You hear this phrase uh, from the world. Uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Who told you? Because fear hath torment. The devil, uh, it says the blessing of the Lord, makes rich and adds no sorrow. Neither does toiling increase it. Who told you it was all up to you? Who told you you have to toil, 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 and kill yourself to get something that you can't even enjoy? Uh, I've said this before. It's, it's not about you. The plan of God, it's not all about you. That's right. It's not all up to you. And if you'll pray it out, you can walk it out. What did we hear from Pastor Amy? There's an ease to this flow of living full. It's not, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. It's an it's a ease of a flow. It's a letting it happen. And that's what I had wrote it when it just ministered to my heart. How clear now is the phrase, don't try to make this happen, let it happen. And I think Brother Hagen actually used to say that. Um, don't, don't try to make it happen, let it happen. Pray it out and walk it out. What is prayer? Fellowship with God. What did they do in the garden? Fellowshiped with him in the cool of the day and then walked about. What are we to do in this, this, this new garden that's been restored to us? This, this covenant of provision and fellowship that's been restored to us, what are we to do? Pray it out. Talk to him. Walk it out with him in every step. And we don't have to try to make it happen. There is, uh, they say you, you, you drive cattle, but you lead sheep. We're not being driven through this life. We hear that, that Paul and coupling chain, God was still leading him. Um, he, was not being, he was not being forced into it. There's a, a submission and a love. I did not force Sonia to marry me. She wanted all of this. No, just kidding. Uh, so so I, I, I couldn't... And not that I led her into that, but we, as we fellowshiped with the Lord, it, became, it started to become clear that this is right for our life. Yeah. Yeah. 
equally yoked. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is so interesting. The, all, this, all this was in, is in these first, this first couple chapters and few sentences. Who told you you were naked? And, and the man said, well, and he said, so God says, have you eaten? Who told you? And then, have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Before they ate the tree, they ate those thoughts. True. That's good. Yeah. There's this phrase one of my college coaches used to tell me. He said, well, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. Yeah. Referencing, a, he's talking about his wife. A covenant, a relationship, you know what I mean? Just because I'm on the diet restriction of, I'm not, I'm not out chasing other women, I'm on a diet, you could say, when it comes to women. I, one track diet, that's easy, easy to solve. You know, like, it's not hard to think about. Uh, Brother Copeland said it this way, Gloria Copeland is my wife. That is a core value in our house. It does not change. Jesus is my Lord. That is core value number one. It does not change. Um, so they used to say, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. If you've ever tried dieting and then staring at the dessert table, what's going to happen? What's about to happen? You're going to feast. Yeah, you're going to cave in. You might hold out for a little bit, but you're going to cave in. So this is guarding your thoughts toward a covenant. So what they had to do was guard their thoughts in their covenant with God. But I'm talking about a covenant relationship with a spouse. If you're in covenant and you're looking at other men or women, because this this isn't just for the men. I mean, I'm preaching to myself. Pastor Ken says it all the time. I shall not look at another maid. I have adopted that phrase. I say it. I say it even if the person's not attractive and I start to form opinion about that, even if I wouldn't naturally find them attractive, but I, my flesh starts to decide Ugh, what are yeah. they wearing? Uh-huh. You know, I shall not look at another maid. means I have no opinion about the matter. Because when it comes to covenant things, we were talking about this in the youth group, in our relationship, as a husband and wife, if I want to sell my house, I can't just go sell my house. Well, I have to talk to her about this. Because when you're in covenant, both parties have a say. In what happens, we're going to see this. We'll we'll just we'll we'll go over that right now. Remember selling our house. You see this? Let me read. uh, No, we'll continue that. So, if I want to sell my house, I have to talk to her about it. You see this walking out every step with the Lord. Lord, should I should I should I buy this or should I not? If you if you started to fellowship with Him about every single penny. You're not going to go broke. He will show you where to put it, where to sew it, what to spend it on, what bills to pay first. Like Pastor Jackie says, pay it when it comes. Pay it when it comes. That's, so paying your bills is common sense. But spirit sense supersedes that. So if God says, empty your savings, empty it all into this man or woman of God, you obey because he's not trying to take from you. He's trying to bring more to you. <clears throat> but... So, and now, between a husband and a wife, if one of us wants to sell the house, we can't just do that. We have to talk this out. 
But more so for the Christian, in between her and I is the Lord. Pastor Jackie and Pastor Ken tell us this all the time. God is more important to Pastor Jackie than Pastor Ken, and vice versa. And that's the appropriate order. So write this down. We, we talked about this in youth group yesterday. Write this down. This, is, this came to me. Uh, you are never wrong to yield to the higher covenant. Because there is a higher covenant. You are never wrong to yield to the higher covenant. Now, what do I mean the higher covenant? Matthew, I, we won't turn there, but Matthew 6, 33. That's it right there. Seek, seek ye first. Yeah. Pastor Nancy had this consecration video. Yeah. Uh, it's called Live, with, it's one of her live videos. It's 10 minutes. So you can write that down. Live with Pastor Nancy. We watched it in the youth group. Live with Pastor Nancy, consecration. If you type that into YouTube, you'll find the video. It's 10 minutes long. And she said, notice, he did not say, he said, seek ye first, not seek ye only. Because there's more things we have to seek. If I wanted to marry Sonia, I had to seek that out. Right. I had to seek her as my wife. Yeah. If I wanted children, we had to seek that covenant relationship and tell children, now if I want to spend time with my children, Victoria, Wyatt, come here. I have to seek that out. Yes. But they are not the only thing right. in my life. Pastor right. shares that often. She says, many people make their children their Lord. And they yeah, go to the sports. Yeah. You know, They make their boat the Lord and recreation their yeah. Lord. Um, yeah. But he says, seek ye first. Right. Amen. So seek ye first does not mean seek ye only, right. but right. it does Amen. mean that him first should be the only first. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. There should only be one first. Right. Yeah. If anything else takes the place of first, everything else is out of order. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more than one covenant. And one minister said it this way, Pastor Craig Field, and then Pastor Jackie, if, if you're in here and you're thinking about getting married someday, you need to have Pastor Jackie do your premarital counseling. It's excellent. And she had us listen to this teaching by Reverend Lonnie Hilton about the priorities. Uh, and I hear the same thing from Pastor Craig Field. The highest priority or the highest covenant in your life for any Christian is between you and God. The highest, so let me say, that, say it this way, the highest covenant relationship. Because really that word covenant just means relationship. So the highest relationship in your life is between you and God. Always. Always. Seek ye first. Amen. The second highest covenant, and this applies to you if you're married. If you're not, then you just, that one's not on the rung yet. But put it in your pocket for the future. Um, the second highest covenant, so first highest relationship between man and God. Yes. Or woman and God. Yes. That's why Pastor Jackie and Pastor Ken tell us, God is before my husband and my wife. Right. Uh, Sonia right. is before, my God is before my wife. Right. Amen. But the second thing is, the second relation, highest important relationship is between your spouse. Amen. The third, uh, from, from Pastor Craig Fields didn't say it this way, but the third priority or covenant would be me and my children. Right. The fourth, and Pastor, if I'm getting any of these wrong or out of order, please correct me, throw something at me, um, get my attention. But the fourth highest covenant is between you and your pastor. Yeah. We are in, we're not just, so pastor denotes relationship. Sheep and shepherd is a relationship. And, and that is a covenant relationship set up by God. I've given you pastors according to my own heart. Yeah. Um, so um, 
So between your, you and your pastor, and you'll, I'll tag on to the backside of pastor, your local church, because we are in covenant together. Yes. Now, I'm not in covenant with every single one of you individually, but because we're all in covenant with him, he connects us to this local body. Yes. And it matters whether or not you're here. That's why you're free to leave anytime you want. But that's, you know, that, saying it this way, pastor is not... Uh, demanding that you stay here. Right. No, no, if no. you want to walk out the yeah. doors, nobody right. is keeping you here right. physically. Right. Right. Why do we keep coming? Because there is a summons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We are. That's what the church means. The ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. A summons is a calling out. If I'm summoned to court, I'm called out to court. That means I'm called out of everything stops in my life because yes. I have to be somewhere. Yes. And if I'm not there, there's consequences. There's a lot of empty seats here. You know, if you're not here, then there's consequences. If you're not answering the summons. So we've all heard the summons. That's why we're here. But is it okay to hear it once? No. Paul never said, oh, uh, the summons. I don't hear the summons today. I heard it yesterday, but I don't hear it today. No, he constantly said, I'm the prisoner in coupling chain. I'm seeking after that which I've been begotten for. I'm pressing toward the mark of the high call. So, first highest, highest covenant relationship, man and God. Second highest, man, man and spouse, or if you're a woman, woman and husband, uh, spouse. Third highest covenant between you and your children. Fourth highest covenant, your pastor and your local church. If you get any one of these out of order... Everything underneath them is going to struggle. If I start treating my kids more important than my wife, guess what? My marriage ain't going to last. And people do that. Uh, if I, here's, and here's the fifth one. You and your employer. You are in an agreement with your employer. I will do X, Y, and Z for such and such a payment. And we need to do everything as unto the Lord and not for human masters. If we're doing it as unto the Lord, that denotes we belong to Him. Another covenant relationship. A bondman of God. I do this for Him. Um, so, you got that order. And if, I, if I'm missing any of them, please correct me. So, between the third one being your children, fourth one, your pastor, your local church. Uh, and the, the fifth, or fourth or fifth one, the, underneath the church and the pastor, your, your employer. That is the level of importance for the Christian. That is the, the prior, how to prioritize your life for the Christian. If those things are out of order, there's a severance of covenant. Yes. And prices will be paid. That's why he says, what God has made one, let no man separate. Because they were never, because they were never intended to be separated. That's why uh, there's consequences. That's why divorce hurts. That's why strife in the home hurts. That's why strife between father and son hurts. Uh, what's, what's the verse? I've come to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and daughters and the, and the hearts of the daughters and sons back to the parents. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you see this. That with there, so there can be a riff or a division in any one of those levels. If you miss work, and you didn't tell them, guess what? Your consequence is you get docked. You don't get paid for that day. 
Now, you can have benefits of that covenant relationship or sometimes you're under contract with your employer. You can have benefits with your employer that, uh, that help cover sick time, time off. But without those, I worked, I worked for a restaurant that at some point I, did, I didn't get paid time off. Or if I used up all my paid time off, I was just out the days I worked. So if I missed work, I missed work, and yeah. the the payment the the payment for that for that uh, that strife or that uh, disconnection yeah. was that I don't get the benefit of that covenant. Come on, come on. Yeah. Um, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Yeah. Go ahead. No, please. I don't. I don't mean. I want to, to take a drink. Anyway. But, but there was something recently that Pastor Nancy said. If your family starts to come against you, and your children against um, against your uh, Christianity, your church, then your your real family is in the church is more important than your children. Or your mother or your father. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, she said it. Yeah. Yes. Because Amen. Jesus said, remember, he, he came right. to his family in the Bible. There's more than one incident. And they yeah. said, your mother and your father are here. And he said, uh, who are my mother and father? These, my mother and father are these people that are listening to me. Yeah. My disciples. Yeah. yeah. And they meant men and women and children. See, when they start yes. to come against you, see, we had yes. to overcome that. Uh, we did. Well, sure, I mean, if you're living at home, it's a little different. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's, do you understand, though? Your church family comes if they come against you. Amen. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's, it's true. Like I said, if any one of those is out of order, they're all going to struggle. If I'm not seeking him first, the other areas are going to struggle. Um, I, this sounds dumb, but it sounded dumb to me at the time, but now it makes sense. I had a college uh, teammate, and it might have been a roommate too, but a college teammate who said, and this was when I was living worldly, born again, but living like the world. So what did we hear this last week? Carnal. I was living after the desires of the flesh. Uh, and he said to me, uh, you know, he's one of my wingmen, partner in crime, chasing women, partying, all this. And he said, he said, you know, I had a girlfriend break up with me because I told her I loved her more than Jesus. And I thought, that's stupid. Why would, she, why would she break up with you for that? Like, are you kidding me? Like, she should be complimented. She was smart. She was smart. Uh, you can't, remember, seek ye first. It doesn't mean seek ye, seek ye only. Pastor Nancy said, if you never invite them out to to, to, for a date, how are you going to get to know them? There's a seeking, there's a seeking that comes with that. So, uh, pastor, pastor helped me with this, uh, that saying that what pastor Nancy said, uh, here's something else she said about consecration. So really what we're talking about is concentrate consecration to the call, to the summons that God has, has put in us. And in that summons 
is everything we're ever going to need. Exactly. And what do I mean by that? In the plan and the path of God yes. is all, everything you're going to need. Amen. The spouse, the house, the car, the money. If you, go seek, if you go seek those things first, he can't help you. Sonia said this uh, in the youth group when we were talking uh, yesterday. Uh, but she said, when you honor that, her, her staying in fellowship with God helps our marriage. Oh, yes, yes. So the first covenant, when the first covenant is in place, the first relationship is in place, and, and you're worshiping him, you're fellowshipping with him, you're walking with him in the cool of the day as Adam, Adam did, our marriage is more peaceful. Pastor Nancy said, because Dr. Dufresne was gone a lot, and Pastor Nancy said, as long as they both were doing the word, doing the word, what, what do we, when the rubber meets the road, when life gets hard, when you're stressed out and you haven't seen your spouse and the kids are on your nerves, when you're doing the word in that time, you got no problems with your spouse. Your spouse could have been gone for a week and come back and, hey, honey, hey, honey, it's, I'm so happy to see you. Instead of, where were you? I need help with these kids and this is this and this. You know, so the first covenant being in order what did, what did Rev, uh, Pastor Amy and Reverend Joel teach us this week? I mean, we're never the same. If you took that teaching, you'll never be the same. There's an ease and a flow to this staying full. The full person doesn't say, like Reverend Joel said, you can tell at a restaurant. That's not what I ordered. What's wrong with you? Sonia spilled, so telling my wife, she worked in, we both worked in restaurants. She worked in a restaurant in college and she came back one day. This was before we were married. We were dating. And she came back from work, and I actually would, would hold her tips for her because otherwise she would spend them. So I, I would, and I would, I, would, I would hold them for her because she would, she would just, yeah, she, well, no, she, yeah, she wanted me to hold them for her. So she'd come back from work. She'd bring me food from that restaurant. I had it going pretty good. And she'd bring her tips to me and drop them off and expect me to hold them for her. I didn't spend them. I was, I was honest about it. I didn't spend her money. I, I honestly held it for her because it was like water through her fingers at that time. She's... We have both gotten better. Um, and, and part of that getting better is our covenant relationship. You get better together. Both, both parties involved get better. Um, when everything's in, in right fellowship in a covenant relationship, you grow and flow together. That's right. You know, Reverend Joel mentioned growing pains. There is pains to growing. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the hardest things I have learn is how to grow as a father because the stages you're used to this stage and now all of a sudden they're this stage and you're going well that discipline doesn't work now because they're this much bigger and and now they can just stare me in the face when I when I spank them you know so uh there's a growth you know there uh and then you know we uh yeah so so Sonia was working at a restaurant we have grown together we've gotten better with money and things and and uh, so she was. She spilled a drink on a guy's lap at the restaurant, and he tipped her a hundred bucks. That man must have had the love of God in him, because because uh, you know, bless those that curse you. I mean, you know, and she didn't do it on purpose. She didn't do it on purpose. I don't. At least I don't think he did. He didn't do that on purpose. But he tipped her a hundred bucks. I remember she came and told me that, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, wow, that's so. The way you act in a restaurant, uh, the way, on, while we were taking Reverend Joel and Pastor Amy to the airport, uh, I accidentally sort of cut off a guy, but I think there was more involved in it. It was more his fault than it was mine. But, 
anyway, anyway, wait to hear the rest of the story. Uh, anyway, we almost collided. And then it was like, oh, okay, both, we both braked. And, and so then I went ahead and went and got in that lane. And he zooms around us and slams on his brakes right in front of me to the point where I almost hit his bumper. Do you think I start cussing him out? No, no, no. no. And I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. I just, no, it's the truth. You know, uh, I, I was, now, here's a, a short lesson, but uh, you got to be wise, and, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So Pastor Nancy said, what does that mean? That doesn't mean you just let everybody walk all over you. Now, there's times where that's necessary. But when you're dealing with serpents, you got to be as wise as serpents. When you're dealing with doves, you got to be as gentle as doves. Now, uh, I, was, I was working last night, and this lady asked me a question. She was a clerk at a gas station, and she said, I'll try to start wrapping up here. Uh, she, said, she said, hey, this guy came in and wanted some alcohol, and I checked his ID because he looked too young, and he was too young. So then he goes, I watched him go out to his car and told his buddy to come in and buy it. And she goes, and, I, and his buddy was of age, but I didn't let him buy it. I just told him no. Did I have to let that second guy? I said, I said no, 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 no. I think you did the right thing. But I said, but here's the thing. I, I said, here's how I would put it. They're stu- that was pretty stupid of them. Because the, they could have gone around the block and sent the other guy in, and nobody would have known the difference. Nobody says these people are the brightest. But... <laughs> And I and and I'm not judging them because I wasn't when I was living. I was that way too. I was not the brightest when I lived that way too. It takes the help of the Holy Ghost. You know, we all still need the help of the Holy Ghost uh, and the Word. But uh, I said, I said, their stupidity does not have to be your stupidity. So, uh, so when this guy pulls up and it looks like he's about to get out of the car. I wasn't going to sit there and go, you know, if he was going to get out and try to do something to us, to my wife or to the, the people in the car, well, I can stop him. Yeah. I have means and ways of stopping him. I've got my training kicked in. And, uh, but but you, that doesn't mean you sit there and go, well, bless the Lord. I forgive him when you're in danger. No. You, you, right. you, so his stupidity did not have to be my stupidity. But, uh, but he slammed on the brakes. And thank you, love. He slammed on the brakes, and, uh, and I just waited until he took off. I was prepared, though, that if I had to be wise as a serpent, I was going to respond as wise as a serpent. But I stayed gentle as a dove until, you know, they say it in, in my line of work, they say, and I think it's actually a quote from, I'll finish up, Pastor, I saw that. Uh, there, it's a quote from, I think, Roadhouse. He says, you be nice until it's time not to be nice. You know, um, that's in my line of work, you know. But you ask your kids to do something several times, and then eventually what has to happen? There's going to be some consequences. Um, okay, I'll, I'll jump to this, what Pastor talked about, uh, that, that family relationship, that family dynamic, keeping these covenants in order. It will really save your life and your bacon. Um, you know, we talked about, about being on a diet but looking at the menu. Pastor said this recently in... Uh, in the Bible study, she said, little compromises will kill you. Little compromises will kill you. If, if I start compromising my marriage by not even going to another woman's house, but looking, shopping around, what am I eventually going to want to do? I'm going to compromise. And, and maybe it won't be my physical death, but that relationship can end. Um, so Smith Wigglesworth, we know the story. 
uh, him and his wife, which we found out was Polly. Did you know their name was Polly? Yeah, yeah. We had to look it up. But it was actually, it was Mary Jane Feather or something. Yeah, Mary Jane Featherstone, but they called her Polly. Um, so here's a covenant relationship, Smith Wigglesworth and his wife. And, and she wants to go to church. And he says, I don't want you to go to church. There's division in the home. In the second covenant. So the first covenant is between man and God. Second covenant between man and spouse or woman and spouse. There's division in the second covenant. Sonia said this, when that first covenant is in order, the other one, it, he will help you with the other ones. So there's, and we see, and I saw this picture of it with Smith Wigglesworth in this example. And she said, and he said, oh, I don't want you to go to church. And she said, Smith, you're my husband, second covenant, but Jesus is my Lord. You're never wrong to yield to the higher covenant. So she yielded to the higher covenant. And, and the, what she did was she went to church anyway. And he locked her out of the house. Now, if I'm getting the story wrong, correct me. And she slept on the porch. And, and it was cold too. And in the morning, how many of you wives would ex- accept that? I mean, honestly, just uh-uh. He better recognize, you know. So he he better recognize the intimacy that he ain't gonna get because there's some. This is a covenant, you know. Uh, so there's division division in the in the second covenant, but she yields to the higher covenant. And goes to church. You're never wrong to yield to the higher covenant. And and in that higher covenant is the fellowship and the provision for every other area. That's why I titled this the garden of fellowship and provision. So where's that garden now? It's in us. Yeah, I'm getting it. So she comes home, sleeps on the porch. He opens the door in the morning. And she, good morning, Smith. What can I make you for breakfast? Goes in, makes him his favorite breakfast. And that's what breaks the heart of that man. The concrete heart. Because that's pretty harsh for a man to say, get out the house. It's, it, women, that's equally as harsh to say, get out the house. Uh, you don't have that much control. You shouldn't have that much control. You don't have that much say because you're in covenant. All parties involved. If a neighbor comes over and says, hey, uh, a male neighbor comes over and says, hey, Miss Sonia, I think we should sell your house today. What? You, you have no say in this matter. You have, you're non-covenant. What did David say to Goliath? Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this man without a covenant? So he, David understood there's covenant. Here's some other... Uh, so I recommend this book, Blood Covenant book. There's a, there, he talks about in this point where Smith Wigglesworth's story. Let me get back to that, uh, but remind me of it. Uh, Abraham, so, so God, he, he tells this story of covenant in this book. Um, and then uh, Abraham, so God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sin, and the sin is separation from man and God. And unrepentant sin draws the penalty of death. But repentance, that yearly sacrifice, was enough to hold off sin until Jesus could come. But 
Sodom and Gomorrah, unrepentant and so far gone that God says, I must destroy them. And you could imagine him being kindled in that wrath. And Abraham goes to God. uh, The way way he says it in here, I have it marked out. I'll read it real quick. You remember Abraham's... So you remember that before this thing happened, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said it wasn't best to do it without talking it over with Abraham. Abraham is the father of our faith. Jesus is the author, but Abraham is the father of our faith. You remember Abraham's great appeal and how he talked with God in a manner that would stagger one. He said, shall not, ju- shall not the judge God of all the earth do right? He basically put his finger in God's face and said, no, you don't. You better recognize. Now, there is a reverential way to do that. To go to God and plead your case. What is that? That case pictures a courtroom. We talked about that summons. That, that heavenly courtroom. We have a seat there. Um, and so Abraham stops, not only stops God in his tracks. God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham's in covenant with God. Uh, and not only stops God in his tracks, stops the wrath of God. That impresses me, that he stopped the wrath of God. Maybe, maybe you could get God to put the brakes on a little bit. But the wrath of God, the burning wrath of God, the fire of God, the brimstone, you stopped the wrath of God? And because he was in covenant with God. And when you understand that covenant, God said it wasn't right what he said in this book. You remember, let's see. He, God said it wasn't best to do it without talking it over with Abraham first. It's not best for me. It, it would not be wise for me to go start selling stuff without talking to my wife first. That's right. There's going to be a division of fellowship there. So, so there's Abraham. Another example is uh, Moses. Pastor talked about Moses on the mountain. Father, show me your goodness. I want to see you. Now, God, he said, I can't do, show me, show me your glory, your goodness, your presence, your power. I want to see it. He, that was a request, yeah. a request for fellowship. He wants intimacy. He wants closeness with God. Now, God could not fully oblige him right. because he would have killed him right. because he wasn't born again. He could not house the glory of God inside yet, but it was on him yeah. in a measure and God gave him enough that he could see part of him. Why would, I, was, I, I got this part when pastor was talking. Why would God even accommodate him? A man. Why would God even accommodate him? Because they were in a, he was agreement together. He was a covenant. So when one makes a request, that request matters to the other one. Yes. Now, the other thing that Moses did was when God said, all right, that's it. I'm going to destroy Israel. They're complaining, they're griping, they're, they're worshiping false idols. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses goes, what? The people of the world are going to say, my wife brought this up. The people of the world are going to say, you brought them out of Egypt to kill them? What kind of God is that? I mean, there's an answer for God causes the bad things. Because even when he could have, he didn't. But So there's another man that stops the wrath of God in his tracks. 
another one, Habakkuk 2.1, he says, uh, I must be crazy, you know, I'm paraphrasing, I must be crazy to talk to God this way. But, I will, because he was complaining at God, he was complaining, and Habakkuk was a prophet of God. He was complaining at God, complaining at God, complaining at God about the way things were going, or fellowshipping, you could say. He was talking to God about it. And God answered, and he said, I must be crazy to talk to God like this. But I'm going to watch and see what he'll say, and I'll be his mouthpiece. And, and he got his answer. Yeah. Another example I saw of this, where, where there's covenant being talked over between man and God, is Jesus in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. This is the other Adam in another garden, yes. right before he buys us back. And he, he's sweating blood. He has this summons to the cross. And he feels the weight and the pull of that summons. Pastor doesn't do this because she gets her jollies out of it. You know, she does enjoy it. But she, she pushes herself. She stands up here sometimes in pain, pushes through pain, uh, discomfort. She marches on because there's a summons to the mark of the high call. And, and there's... There's, a, there's, con- there's consequences and there's benefits. If she does not obey, guess what? We probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't have the help and the blessing that I have now because a, a woman and man of God obeyed him. And the blessing of it is, here we are. We get mothers, brothers, and sisters in this time and in the time to come. There has been so many times that uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know who's, Maybe not watching this, but I don't care. Uh, where the people in this church have s- supplemented where my family lacked. Yes, yes. Like Pastor sure. said, if, if your family is going another direction and you want to fellowship with God, you want to honor the higher covenant, God's not going to let you go without. He will supply mothers and brothers and sisters Amen. in the covenant. Amen. They have been oftentimes areas where my parents failed me in my youth. They have supplied much more, and I'm so grateful for it. Yes. You know, uh, where there has been no gifts, gifts were given. Where there's been no uh, wisdom, wisdom has come. Um, so Jesus is in the garden, and he's talking this over with God, and he's fellowshipping, um, and, and he's talking about the cross. And, and he says, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Do you know, remember we said if there's a division, the reason Jesus had to go to the cross was because there was a division between man and God. And innocent blood needed to restore that. And Jesus was that innocent blood. Do you know that if, if, if there was any other way, God would have done it? But there was no other way. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the supply before yep. the supply yep. even needed. Yep. In, the, yep. in the first garden, in, in Eden, God was already supplying their needs before they realized they need a provider. Yeah. Yeah. Before he was Jehovah Jireh, he already was Jehovah Jireh. Yes. Before they had to know him as Jehovah Jireh. Amen. The, the God who sees the need and comes to our aid. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so there's that picture of Jesus in the garden talking covenant over with God. God saying, I need you to do this. And he's talking over, yes, Lord, we are going to ride. You know the song? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Uh, Reverend Joel and Pastor Amy have a song. Uh, 
Whatever it takes, I'll do it. Whatever it costs, I'll pay. Wherever you send me, that's where I'll go. If it's for you, I'll obey. Um, whatever it takes. John has that shirt. I want one of those shirts uh, from Dufresne Ministries. Faith will do whatever it takes. That was a quote from Dr. Dufresne. Faith will do whatever it takes. Uh, I think it was Brother Copeland. We'll, we'll end soon. I, uh, we're going late, sorry. Uh, Brother Copeland said, uh, somebody, he was driving, I think, Oral Roberts or somebody, but they, they gave him three, three instructions. They said, find out what you're supposed to do. Amen. And accomplish, do whatever it takes to accomplish it. And then the third thing, I think, was people are always going to tell you you can't do it. Find out what you're supposed to do. Get it done at all cost. What did Jesus do? He knew what he was supposed to do by fellowship with God. I only say what I do, what I hear my father say. I only do what I hear my father do. Uh, By fellowship, he knew what to do. He got it done at all cost. And people were always going to say it can't be done. People would say this church was going to fail. So I'll, I'll end with, with this. I know people are getting hungry and the food still smells good. Sonia, uh, Sister Job Polly. Job said that uh, the word is more important than food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sis, if I start hearing tumble, tummies grumble, though, over the amens, then I'm be like, okay, let's go. Um, so uh, back to Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, so there was a riff in the second relationship. Now, how did she know to respond in love and break, break the, the, the stone heart of her husband? She honored the higher covenant, the Holy Spirit. She, got, she went to church and got her help and then went on home and knew exactly how to act and walk in love. So you don't have to worship your spouse. You should love them and, and tell them how pretty they are or how handsome they are. And live in a manner that is almost worship to show them that, you know what, I love you, I care about you. But you don't have to worship them at their feet. And your kids, you do not have to put your kids first place. You do not have to put your job first place. Now you follow God. I'm not telling you to quit if they make you work on Sundays. Follow God and believe him for more where there's a job where you don't have to. So, So how did she know what to do to fix the second relationship? Why, why do Sonia and I have such peace in our home? And I'm not bragging on us. I'm saying we yield to the higher covenant. Amen. And he yes. keeps the peace in the home. Yes, he, he keeps fellowship in the home. The, my, ho- my home is, is my, my happy place. Uh, you know, that is our sanctuary. This is the sanctuary of the church where worship and praise and running and shouting happens. Our home is that, that, that central office for us. That's where we operate out of. You could call it our wheelhouse, I guess. Um, so she, she comes back, yields to the higher covenant, goes to church. Smith, you're my husband, but Jesus is my Lord. Amen. So she, she has priority number one in place. Yes. Amen. Goes, gets her help, comes back. There's probably a sermon on love uh, and forgiving your spouse or something, forgiveness. Comes back, sleeps on the porch. Think about the, the humility it would take to sleep on your own porch. When your proper place is in the house, in, in perfect fellowship. And, and Smith says, she gets up, good morning, Smith. And it, instead of responding, she could have responded by yielding to the second covenant. 
And what would that have caused? More strife. You can't lock me out here. This is my house too. I'm calling the cops. You, you, hear, that, you hear that fear hath torment in there? That, that craziness? We, we gave Wyatt some soda at Miss Stephanie's house. He drank like a third of a can of, of grape crush and was like, Gah! you know, like he was standing in one spot going like this. And I, I got a video of it. He started running circles around our house. But that's, that's the picture of that fear drives the flesh. That fear hath torment to it. That, that fear hath torment. So she could have yielded and responded to the second covenant. I'm, you can't treat me like this. Boom. Here come the cops. Somebody's going to jail. Uh, start smashing windows. Oh, well, if I can't have this house, nobody can. Light the match. You know. Uh, you, you see, this is the way the world operates. Yeah. Eye for an eye. Yep. So, uh, and what I was to say, if, if it's eye for an eye, both will fall into a pit. Or if a blind man leads a blind man, won't both fall into a pit? They can't see. In Proverbs it says, uh, the way of the wicked is as deep darkness. They know not at what they stumble. The devil keeps this going, and they don't know that they need help. And here we get our help, and we can be helped to them by telling them, hey, I, I have this scripture. This is what I think about when, when there's a problem at home. Right. Yeah. Just because we enjoy heaven on earth doesn't mean there's not disagreements, right. but we yield right. to higher covenant. Right. And what was the result of her yielding to the higher covenant? Her husband came to God, and people were raised from the dead. When she died, he was used to raise her from the dead. So you, if, you, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. If you sow to that strife, you reap more strife. But if you sow to the higher covenant and give yourself to God, you seek ye first the higher covenant, then you reap life everlasting. What was life everlasting to her? Well, more peace in the marriage. A husband that now serves the Lord and comes to church. And not only that, was used to reap to reap her from the dead. If you, don't know, if you know the story, she died. He went in and grabbed her. She was on, in, in the morgue, I think. Went in and grabbed her, threw her against the wall. You don't do, don't do this unless God tells you. Threw her against the wall and she came back to life. These things are documented. This actually happened. So you can yield to the lower covenants if you want and reap, reap corruption or you can yield to the higher covenant, the higher relationship and reap life everlasting. You can reap the fellowship and provision. So I enjoy the cool, walking in the coolness of the day with the Lord. And we can do this, as Reverend Joel and Pastor Amy so much demonstrated to us, by staying full. Staying full. Nothing can get to you. Nothing can get to you. So, all right. I'm done. There's, there's more. There's so much more in my notes, but I think we accomplished what God wants for today. Uh, so thank you for polling. I could feel the poll. There was, there was so much. Uh, so I'll pray for the food real quick, and then we can be dismissed. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Father, yeah, everybody's going, yes, yes, yes. Like, like Wyatt. Yes. I can't. I can't stand it. If you don't believe me, pull me aside and I will show you the video. I, I had to pause the video because it's like a blur. He goes, 
And you're like, so I had to pause the video and go back, and he's like running like this. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Because we don't normally give them straight soda. There's usually ice, and it's watered down, and we don't let them just drink. But they were having fun at Miss Stephanie's. There's so much property for them to run on, and a sand pit, and, and uh, a trampoline. We're like, oh, they'll work this off. They'll, go, they'll, they'll be asleep before we get home. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Thank you, Miss Stephanie. Uh, you give joy for all of us now. We get to see that. But love you guys. Thank you so much for polling. Thank you, Pastor, for the honor and the opportunity. I hope you got something out of it. I did. I did. So, uh, Father God, thank you so much for this feast of the word that we've received today. Not by my lips or by my words or my doing, Father, but from the throne room of heaven. We believe you for it. We thank you for it. And if we'll do it, it'll prosper us. We'll reap life everlasting in every arena of our lives. And we will fulfill the plan of God. We will answer that summons, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we bless the food. We say you bless it to our body. You said if we would serve you, one of our benefits, Lord, would be that you'd bless our bread and water and sickness is removed from the midst of us. We bless it in Jesus' name and we thank you for it. You are dismissed. Enjoy your food.